0: Hello, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Here's what we're talking about this week. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. By now, you probably know her as Congress's superstar freshman Democrat. You cannot deny she's making waves because she's only been in office for six weeks. But already, she's put forward a blueprint to combat climate change, which is one of the more ambitious policy proposals Washington has seen in a very long time, and it's called the Green New Deal.
1: We are going to transition this country into the future.
0: The Green New Deal calls for a 10-year national mobilization. The goal in one short decade to bring greenhouse gas emissions to zero, meet 100% of energy needs by renewable sources, overhaul transportation systems,
1: expanding a high-speed rail to quote a scale where air travel stops becoming necessary, it would modernize U.S. infrastructure, Upgrade or replace
0: every building for energy efficiency. Create millions of high-paying jobs. Bring equality and equal justice for underserved, minority, and impoverished communities.
1: The New Green Deal is a set of proposed economic stimulus programs in the United States that aim to address climate change and economic inequality. The Green New Deal combines Roosevelt's economic approach with modern ideas, such as renewable energy and resource efficiency at least according to Wikipedia,
0: that is. However, if you listen to opponents, they will tell you it's a big green bomb that will blow a hole in our strong economy, it will cost $93 trillion, and will destroy our energy independence. How can we sort through this proposed deal? With us is the University of San Francisco and international leader in environmental health and nursing, Barbara Sattler. Barbara, welcome to Nurse Talk. So great to have you back with us today.
2: Oh, thanks so much. I'm delighted to be here. So
0: Barbara, before we start talking about why you have an interest in the Green Deal, it's worth mentioning that you are the founding member of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, which is an international organization that's helping to integrate environmental health into nursing education, practice, research, and policy and advocacy. So you come to this conversation with years of work in environmental health and health policy. Why'd you take this path?
2: That goes back a really long way. I was one (laughs) of the first organizers of Earth Day in 1970, so... As a nurse, I also recognized that a lot of the causes of cancer and chronic diseases and other things that we're suffering really emanate from exposures that we were having and that this was really little addressed in the nursing world. So that's something that I've aimed to help elevate and help people to understand. And so many of the things in the Green Deal are actually related to that. So when we think about transportation and energy and even agriculture, there are so many different kinds of exposures that affect uh, people immediately and also secondarily from some of these things. So changing these systems is really about health. And I want to be very clear that – all illnesses are not a function of environmental exposures. But it's a serious and important component of the ideology of diseases that we must take into account. And nurses aren't learning about this in nursing school still, even though we know the importance of it. So I guess one of the transitions for me was that I worked as a nurse at San Francisco General, and I was involved in SEIU. I was one on the contract negotiation team there, and we started looking at some health and safety issues even as early as that, and uh, shortly thereafter, I Through a circuitous route, I wound up working with a nonprofit organization that was working with labor and looking at toxic chemical exposures that workers had, and that was really the launch to just see how many different chemicals, and even now as nurses that we work with in our workplaces. And, uh, you know, I'd love to do another program just talking about pharmaceutical exposures and what that means to nurses, but that would get us too off track from the Green New Deal this time.
1: Okay, Barbara, let's talk about some of the highlights of the new Green Deal resolution, citing the special report referred to that points to the causes and urgencies to quickly mitigate the harm.
2: Sure. Well, and and this is another issue that's near and dear to my heart is really helping nurses to understand what climate change is, because one in every 100 Americans is a registered nurse. We're in all our communities. We need to be able to say what it is and talk about it with our communities and help bring that sort of scientific translation to the communities, especially in places where we may have politicians who are denying science and denying its existence. So a big impetus of the Green New Deal has come from young people who are saying, we in the you know, established political roles are not moving fast enough on this, and this is really about their future. And um, And then they began to really think about, okay, what do we need to do? And we need to do a lot of things and do them fast. We can't just be doing one thing at a time. So the way they framed this is really to look at the many sectors that are both contributing to greenhouse gases, which creates climate change, but also where we could tweak things that would reduce those greenhouse gases and, in some instances, with agriculture, actually sequester some of the carbon. So we'd be rolling things back. But it means taking on these things all at once and with a lot of speed right now because we really need to be moving quickly.
0: So how would the new Green Deal work and how would it be implemented?
2: So at this point in time, and I should share with you because I got a chuckle out of this. At this point in time, it is in a resolution stage in Congress, meaning that the House of Representatives and senators would have to vote to support A resolution that would move us to then really working on developing the specifics of it. So it's not an act. Per se, which you know is what becomes like the Occupational Safety and Health Act. It's not in that form yet, um, but it is something that is promoting an idea and with urgency. And what I really, what gave me a chuckle is I was reading, and I can't remember whether it was in Forbes or Fortune, but it's one of the, one of the um, magazines that people who are in business read. And it said, don't panic, it's only a vision. And I thought, oh, wow. that's when they really should panic. Oh, yes, that we goodness. are finally congealing around a vision. And that's what this is. And that's what's getting young people so excited. It's like something where they can kind of take hold and, and brand that vision into the future to have relevance for their lives. I was on a call uh two weeks ago. There were a thousand people on the call. Almost all of them were young people, and by young, I mean 18 to 22-year-olds. And on this call, Naomi Klein was the only, I'm going to call, adult speaker, meaning older than 25, who talked about the urgency and had a very nice critique of how capitalism has really gotten us into this mess and that we need to address that. But within that, our conversation and our call Over 500 young people committed to go to talk about the Green New Deal to the district office of their federal legislators.
1: That is inspiring. Great.
2: It gave me chills. I mean, I I was so excited to hear that they were mobilizing and are mobilizing. So we need to be joining them, and we need to be allowing them to really – stretch and use those new muscles, those new political muscles, and supporting them in that. Definitely.
1: Barbara, how would we ever transition from air travel to no air travel, from fossil fuels to no fossil fuels? And how much time would it take and how much money? That's what the opponents of this will point to.
2: Well, the air travel is is going to be a tough one, but what we also need to recognize is an enormous amount of air travel is business air travel. And you and I are in two different places right now, and we're doing our business. I do almost all of my uh, departmental meetings using Zoom. I mean, we're really moving into people being able to do things without traveling hundreds and thousands of miles in order to sit in a room with somebody for uh, you know a few hours and then travel back. So. So much of that can really be changed by just employing very good technology that allows people to be in the same room virtually. But in terms of um, what we can be doing, we need to just even look at a couple of countries and a couple of states to see that we're already doing that. We already have the path forward. Costa Rica is, I think it's nine months of the year, is 100% on renewables. Now, granted, it's a small country, but they're giving us an opportunity to see how we can model this. California is in a rigorous state of transition in many ways, really moving towards renewables. Not fast enough, mind you, and we really need to be cutting off our fossil fuel engagement um, and stop giving new permits and really moving it, reducing that much faster. And we're really talking about how can we create the conditions that we increase public transportation and make it really user-friendly for everybody? And how is it that we can build housing that is going to be energy efficient and build it around smart transportation? My daughter works at uh, a university, and she says that in any given conversation that anybody has, there's always some little bit about somebody's woes in terms of commuting. There are lots of places around the country where commuting is becoming stressful, a headache, and just a miserable part of our daily lives. So we need to be doing this in a much, much better way.
0: That's so true. So I understand it's in the resolution stage, but what is the target date for this to start? When would we see this become legislation that could come to a vote?
2: Well, I think that uh, at this point in time, I would not hazard a guess on that. I think this is probably going to become a major part of the next presidential debate. I'm not sure that we're going to see anything that would come to a vote. And I believe that Trump would probably veto it at any event. I just think that this is setting the table. And I think that what we're bringing to it is a feast of ideas and that those ideas are going to have to be honed. They're going to have to make sense economically. And that's not where we are just yet, but there are a lot of people that are coming on board that have the skill set to help us really write this into something that's going to be able to be a cogent bill with financial incentives and disincentives that are going to really help us. And also putting it in terms of return on investment, that's got to be a many-year sort of road in terms of when we look at we actually, when we'll get investment back or return on investment. The other thing I quickly want to mention is that currently in this Green New Deal, healthcare for all is part of that conversation. And I think all nurses can completely rally around that, how important we need to be working on bringing health care for all as part of, uh, of any conversation to really Change what needs to be changed in this country So there are a couple of things that Folks can do if they go to Green New Deal, the Sunrise Coalition is a group Mostly of young people who Have been really one of the places The inceptions of this Thinking. The Sunrise Coalition Has its own site. If you Google Green New Deal, you'll find um, Lots of places As well as responses to this And the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, we are going to be starting to track this and put information on our climate change page. So we'll start having information sort of for and by nurses as well. That's not up just yet, but stay tuned and we'll have that. And if I could say just very quickly, because I know you have a national audience that the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments has new funding from the Kresge Foundation to uh, create 30 new nursing fellows around the country who are working with their communities to build resiliency and to address environmental health issues. And so if they go to the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments website, they can just scroll down and they'll find these environmental health nursing fellowship opportunities.
0: That's some great information. Uh, Barbara, I want to thank you for your years of nursing, but particularly for wetting those two nursing and environmental factors. Not that all uh, diagnoses are related, but there is a good amount that are related. So it's nice to that you made that connection and that you've been uh, spending your career uh, doing the good fight. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: Well, I think that this is such an exciting time. And there are so many people now, there are moms, there are millennials, there are labor groups that are being brought to the table to talk about what our future should look like. And I want to make sure that every single nurse, no matter what your job in nursing is that your voices are so important because we're the voice of health. And when it comes down to it, that's the most important thing to people and to family members. So bring those voices, bring them to this particular debate and, and these discussions, and we will move farther, faster. Brilliant. Thank you for providing an opportunity for this.
0: That's great. We've been talking with Dr. Barbara Sattler about the congressional resolution for a Green New Deal put forth by the representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Barbara, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. Please come back again. For more information about this topic, visit envirn.org.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find more information about these topics at nursetalksite.com or
0: nationalnursesunited.org. This podcast is powered by National Nurses United, the nation's largest union for registered nurses.